Welcome to Invest in Yourself, the Digital Entrepreneur Podcast. Join the podcast mogul Phil Better as he interviews successful entrepreneurs that make their living in the digital world. Now, let's join your host, Phil Better, and his special guest today on Invest in Yourself, the Digital Entrepreneur Podcast. gentlemen welcome back to investing yourself the digital entrepreneur podcast i am of course your host with the most feel better and today i am honored to have stephanie powell on who's going to discuss everything that it is that she does stephanie thank you so much for being a guest thank you for having me i'm excited to be here so stephanie um since i know a lot about you my audience obviously doesn't how about you give us the quick 30 second rundown of who you are and what you do Ooh, 30 seconds. Always if tough. you can, okay. uh, maybe a minute. I'll allow you a minute. So you're allowed that. I'll try. I'm, I'm, I'm going to try really hard, really hard. Okay. So yes, I am Stephanie Powell. I am a speaker an educator and a brand and business strategist. And so really uh, my jam is unleashing radical authenticity one brand at a time. Um, I very much believe that we were all created on purpose and with purpose. And there are people that you were absolutely born to serve. And the cool part is those people are looking for you. But if you're not showing up as the radically authentic you, then they can't find you. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, that's that, that that's kind of the super quick intro. Um, I was actually in public education for 13 years. Um, I started my business. It was this massive leap of faith to resign from education and and started this business, which looks completely different than it did when I started. But isn't that the life of entrepreneurship? Right. Yep. Um yeah, I have a fabulous husband. I am an Aggie. Uh, whoop. I live in Bryan College Station, which is where A&M is. I'm not from here, but this is where we live. Um, I just launched a nonprofit that is ultimately going to be an animal sanctuary. And, um, you know, in keeping with that 36-year dream in the making, we have our own zoo here. We have seven dogs, three cats, two bunnies, and a snake who is behind me. So... What kind of snake? Because I know, I, for my audience to know, she does have a very nice snake tattoo. It's actually not a snake. Oh, sorry. It is a. a it's a. Hang on, I'm trying to like the things like revert hippocampus. So, oh, hippocampus. Which is a nice way of saying a seahorse, but that's not really what it is. They're it's a mythical seahorse. Yeah, they're the mythological creatures that pulled Poseidon's chariot. In case anyone wanted to know, in case you can't figure it out just by that, I'm also a massive nerd. So welcome to my life. Um, welcome to my life as well. I'm a nerd as well. So. Yeah. Uh, no, we have a ball python. So. Oh, you know, just a, one of those friendly, you know, pythons. Okay. okay uh, the ball python. Ball pythons are like two to three feet, usually max. Not like. <laughs> You're really selling it for to me. The, the man over here, I'm like, yeah, no, no, I'll, I'll stick with my dogs. It's okay. You're in great company because most people, when I go through the rundown of what we have, they're with me. They're with me. That's great. And as soon as I say snake, they're out, man, they're out. So it's okay. I have no problem with snakes. It's just, they're nice to look at over there. <laughs> Will I own one? No. <laughs> too many, too many scary movies with anacondas killing okay. me and yeah. <laughs> Um, but yes, enough of the, uh, the animal talk. This is not about animals. This is about entrepreneurship. So you went 13 years doing education. Then all of a sudden you're like, kick down that door and decided to bust your way into entrepreneurship. I mean, it wasn't all of a sudden, Let's <laughs> right? It was not all of a sudden. I actually, my life, my life is just one plot twist after another. Um, my BBA, I actually have a BBA in marketing, right? Um, at the time when I graduated, it, 
great content, but not a lot of like applicable, right? Like meaning I didn't really know what I was going to do with all that. So when I got ready to graduate, they're like, what are you going to do? I was like, marketing. And they're like, great. What are you going to do? Marketing. I just said that. But thought we, I thought we clarified that. Did you hear me? Um, and then understanding that that means nothing, right? That means absolutely nothing. And so having no idea what I was going to do, but knowing I needed a job, um, I got a job that was with a company that I'd worked with, like holidays and breaks and stuff like that. Um, what you need to know about this plot twist of going into education is that I don't like children. <laughs> so let me get this straight. I just, I, I just want, so I clarify things for myself and my audience. Huh. Graduated, you know, with a BA in marketing was going, I'm going to do marketing. Then everybody's like, yeah, but what are you going to do? And you're like, uh, I don't know. Go to this summer, not a summer thing, but a uh, teaching type. Company. No, not even teaching, not even teaching. This wasn't even teaching. It was just a company. It's Kimberly Clark Corporation. They're worldwide. Their headquarters in the Dallas area. I worked for corporate security. Um, they they uh don't they do the exchange programs, don't they? Uh, they do. They also too. This is kind of about how I was telling people about it. Like the next time you go, this is weird. The next time you go into a public restroom, look at like the toilet paper dispenser. There's only a couple companies that you usually find Kimberly Clark. They're they're major major paper products. Okay. So, um, but yeah. So no. Um, and the reason I brought up that I don't like kids, right, is because while I was in college, um, I've danced since high school and. I, but I also was responsible pretty much for paying for my own uh, education. And so if I wanted to dance while I was in college, I had to pay for it. And, um, I worked at a studio. Um, that's, I mean, that's how I paid for all of my training. And I ended up being like the assistant director for most of the companies of the younger kids. Um, and once I'd been back in Dallas for a while, I was really missing my dance kids. I like kids, but I was missing my dance kids. You're, so, you're one of those people like me that's like, oh, yeah, kids are fun. Okay, back to the parent. A thousand percent. And only okay. when they're well-behaved, right? Because in that in the studio, it's my world, right? Yeah, you're like, you're not going to come in here acting a fool because no. But I get to say and do all that. And in fairness, most of the kids really wanted to be there anyway. Mm -hmm. Kids are always more fun to, to kind of manage when they're somewhere they want to be or engaged in an activity they want to do. Um but in Texas, we have this wonderful thing called Drill Team. And um, dance and drill team down here, if anybody's listening and they have no freaking clue what I'm talking about. Um, <laughs> I, I get it. No, I get it. It's Texas I'm all the way up north. So, like, we don't have drill teams. I'm not even yep. – for me, a drill team is, like, someone who drills oil. That's a Yeah, or a lot of people think, like, ROTC, like, stuff, too. Yeah. Um, but, no, so it's a dance team. Um, but essentially the way it got started – uh, why it's called Drill Team specifically is um, there was a really small community college um, where um, an individual who is like legend to us all, uh, dancers, anybody in Drill Team, her name is Gussie Nall Davis. Anyway, she was charged with the challenge of keeping people in their seats for football games during halftime. Like, keep them in their seats. So she had to come up with something entertaining. So you see the band halftimes. Um, if you ever see any kind of dance, anything that's performing halftime of a football game, it got its roots in drill team. And so that's what she created. Um, and it was very like precision based at the time, it, you know, so there's drill team and then there's dance and they are a little bit different in sort of the styles that they do. I won't get too far into that because most people don't care. Um, 
But anyway, that's what we have here. I was on drill team when I was in high school um, and we have drill team directors. And so I was like, well, I wonder, because most of us that have drill teams, we have dance as a subject as well. So I was like, well, I wonder if I could, I mean, I've been teaching dance for five years. I wonder if I could do that. My alma mater had an opening. So the drill team that I was on had an opening for the director. Um, I randomly decided, you know what, I, I, and by the way, I have no teaching credentials, right? I have no education classes. I have no alternate certifications. I have a bachelor in business administration and marketing. That's what I have. Uh, but you have more you know, than me. So congratulations. I was like, screw it. I'm going to go anyway. I knew the secretary cause she went to high school with my grandmother and she was there when I was at school. And, uh, she went to the principal and was like, you need to interview this girl. You just need to interview her. Uh, I walked into a nine person panel interview. I've, no, I've done two people interviews, but nine, not Jesus. nine, nine. If that gives you any indication too, of like, Drill, you'll play around with drill team. Dynasty. Apparently not. No, that, that, that is like legit. Like, yes. CEOs don't even get nine people. Cause it was like the principal, several admin, a couple teachers, um, my, what, what ended up being my captains for that year, their moms. And what ended up happening is this drill team, my drill team has been around since uh, 1965. And so, it's very much a legacy and a tradition. And it was always, I mean, it was very, very well known throughout central Texas. And we had a couple people get in there and kind of run it into the ground. And so, you know, the parents, the students, lots of people complained and kind of wanted a little bit of like a, we want to make sure whoever comes in next, isn't just going to do more of the same. Uh, but I got a call that afternoon and they were like, if you can get alternate certification, you're hired. So it was all very much, I happen to be a, a faith and religious person. It was all very much a God thing, right? Like I happen to get this job. I happen to get an alternate certification. Like they really worked with me. Like the deadline was passed. I hadn't done things I needed to do. The scary thing people is that I taught for a full year with no certification. Well, you were teaching dance, right? I was. So I was. <laughs> you at least but had the basis the done. Okay. But here's the thing, right? One, I had plenty of, and, and I was fine with it because I had plenty of experience teaching dance. The point is though, that I'm still responsible for these kids on a whole new level than I ever was at the studio. And it's like, you're fine. Anyway. <laughs> you're praying that everything just goes perfect. I mean, I think, you know what? I don't even remember. I look back on it now and it trips me out. Um, then I didn't really think it, there was nothing, I didn't think there was any reason for me to be nervous or for anything like that. But anyway, so yeah, so that started my career in education. Um, I thought I was going to retire in education. I knew I wasn't going to be in the classroom for forever, but I was planning on kind of moving up and getting to a point where I could affect some real change. I got my master's in education in 2012. I got my principal certification and kind of decided when the time is right, I'll move into an administrative role. I really taught for a year longer in the classroom than I probably should have. But what really set everything in motion for me resigning was, um, I mean, it, it was a year past the time for me to start looking for admin jobs. My principals, you know, calling people, they're calling me. So people want me to come interview and I go in, I interview and I don't get the job and nothing is working out. Nothing. And no one could tell me why. So That's finally, the worst part. That's the worst part. Like, tell, tell me what I need to improve so I can be better or why yes. I'm not getting it. Well, and I even got my principal to call because I was like, maybe they just don't want to tell me. And the answer was always the same. We just went a different direction. 
And I'm like, what the? All right. So my husband actually um, stopped me in the hall one day um, in our home. And he was like, I'm sorry, but every time you don't get a job, I'm happy. And I'm like, who says shit? Like, <laughs> you don't worry. You're allowed to swear. The only hard word is the C word. So if you need to drop the F bombs or anything like right, that, that's my favorite word in the English language. And I forgot <laughs> to ask you before we started. So I've, tur I've turned on my teacher filter, which is it's turn effective. that filter off. <laughs> You're free to go. Right. Um, yeah. So I'm like, who the fuck says that? And he goes, You're miserable. Dude, I had no idea I was miserable. Yeah, no. Until that moment. Because I loved my kids. I loved my team. It wasn't the teaching at all. My kids were phenomenal. I miss my kids all the time. Um, but he was right. I was miserable. Um, and so he was like, you know, there was a lot of talking about it, a lot of conversation, a lot of prayer. And I had one job interview left. And it was like, okay, if I get it, that's my sign to stay. And if I don't, I'm resigning. Because he was like, you know, you should start your own business. I'm like, that's a grand idea. In fucking what? <laughs> like, there were no plans. I'd always wanted to be my own boss because I don't really. Entrepreneurs are a special breed. We don't deal well with other people telling us what us to do, telling us what you to do. You said that way better than I would have said it. Yeah. I, I've because had this conversation. Unfortunately, I've had this conversation about a hundred times already. <laughs> so well, I, because I, you know I, the better way. Yeah. Like, but the way you're doing that is dumb. Why would Why I are you do doing that? that yeah. So anyway, um, but I had no idea what. And he was like, well, I don't know. So I'm a self-taught graphic designer. I didn't get the job. I resigned the next day. Um, I was like, okay, I'm going to start out in graphic design and I'm going to do like logos and stuff. And then I got into custom stationery and I was like, I'm going to be in the wedding industry. Fuck that shit. Um, <laughs> I'm like, months. whoa, that's, that's dangerous. Like I know wedding horrible. photographers, like, wow, you're, you're, you're dancing with fire. It was horrible. I had some great clients. Don't misunderstand me. But for the most part, it was horrible. Cause here's what I discovered about myself as, as a designer. I switched over and I got to work with a creative agency in Dallas um, and they were amazing. And I got really into branding and strategy. Strategy is one of my zones of genius. It's my jam. Got into web design and things like that. And so, but what I discovered about myself as the designer, meaning specifically with logos, um, I'm not the best, like that's not a good thing for me to do because when I create something that's fabulous and is in line with the strategy that we discussed and then someone goes, Ooh, I want to change this, this, and this. And I'm like, but that's ugly. I don't want to do that. And I ended up designing a lot of things that the clients were thrilled with, but they weren't things that I wanted to post about and brag about. Yeah. I was like, I don't know. Cause it's not my aesthetic. So I stopped doing that. Um, I was teaching and coaching and mentoring some new entrepreneurs, not new to design, but brand new and starting their own business and reminded me how much I'd missed the teaching aspect. And so, yeah, so that, that, that kind of gave myself full permission to pivot more into that strategy, less into the design, doing some coaching, but really I focus on that brand strategy. Now that was a really, really long answer to your question. I'm so sorry. No, but you also answered my why, why did you go into being an entrepreneur? Right. <laughs> you, 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 you knocked out two questions in one, like way to go champ material right here. Yes. Um, so you decided you didn't want you, you, you didn't get the job, which again is another sign that you were, weren't meant for that yeah. world. And then you branched off. Like you said, you've had multiple different type of avenues until you fell into what you loved again, which is teaching and brand 
brand, branding people. And I love branding. Branding is so much fun because you get to, it's the most creative, I think, because mm-hmm. you get to figure out, okay, does, do we fit with the brand? Does it not? How can we build this brand? How we can change the brand? Oh, I yeah. love branding. Branding is so much fun. And podcasting is just pretty much a brand on yeah. itself. Um, 100%. So when did you start your entrepreneurial? Or was it still in 2000? It was 2018. So okay. I resigned in um, like July of 2018. So yeah. At the end of this, you're like, I'll finish the school year and then I'll. Yeah. yeah I mean, well, cause the end of the school year was when I was interviewing for the jobs, right? Cause the admin jobs never open up to- until towards the end. Cause it's time to sign contracts. And so yeah. really until it's contract signing time, you never know what admin positions are going to be open or not. And so, yeah, it was towards the end of the year and I was interviewing and um, I interviewed April, May and June and nothing. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, no, I can I, I can I, I can relate to that. I had a I was I worked nine to five for a financial institution. So I come from the the money side of the world, <laughs> not the teaching. And some of the things that were going on, like after you start interviewing entrepreneurs, you're like. But why are we doing it this way? This is not the best way to do it. And then they're like, this is how we do it. Fit in your box. Oh my gosh. And that right there. And I want to blow that box the fuck up because like you just said exactly everything that is so much a part of why I do what I do. Right. The reason that entrepreneurs get so frustrated is because that doesn't work for me. Mm-hmm. That what you're asking me to do, I can do it better. Not saying your way sucks, but it might. But for me, <laughs> I can do this a lot better if you just let me do it this way. And the most frustrating thing entrepreneurs hear is that's not the way we do it. Can it's, I get a better answer, please? Like, that's not how we do it. It's, it's always you, been like that. Yeah, but oh my gosh, that where's like, what do you care how I do it? If it gets done and the quality is there, you care. Yeah, I know. Cause it, cause well. then they go it down. <laughs> so coming from the really corporate world, it's if we let you do it, then everybody else will want to do it their way. And then we don't have the similarities and then it's all hard to calculate. And they, they give a very long listed answer yeah. and it's like, yeah, but we don't have to tell anybody. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's, there's, there's nowhere saying that, oh, well, we need to tell the whole team now that Phil's doing it this way or, you know, Stephanie's doing it that way. No, mm-hmm. you, you just like you don't yeah. like us to discuss our salary. We don't have to discuss how we do our job, you know? Bingo. Yeah. Very true. Very true. Anyways, enough about, you know, the corporate, lost my pen, corporate world and all that. Um, now you've been in business since 2018. You've pivoted a few times. Yeah. Um, you must have a few moments that you just go, wow, this is why I'm an entrepreneur. Now of all, all those amazing memories, what's one you would love to share with us? Oh, good. Oh, my gosh. It could be a win for a client, too. Like you help a client get a win or something you specifically were able to achieve. Like, hey, I met this goal and then I was able to go on a vacation or do this or buy this new house or anything like that. That's such a hard question to narrow down to one. Um, I'm going to go with my gut. I really do think that probably one of the most exciting things about being an entrepreneur is it's because I'm an entrepreneur that I've been able to start launching this nonprofit. Right. Um. I'm not going to lie. It's really fucking hard trying to run a business and a nonprofit because most people that run nonprofits, that's their full-time job. So I haven't quite figured out the best way. I'll put you in contact with some people. That would be amazing. Thank you. (laughs) Um, But just being able to dream that dream, right? Mm -hmm. Um, 
and to see that start to come to fruition, even if it's starting out slow, that's okay. But to see that start to come to fruition, that's not something I would have been able to do in a normal job because I get to, and, and this is, this, this is going to sound like a separate answer, but it relates. I get to make my own schedule, right? Like I get to decide. How awesome is that? Uh, it's everything. It's everything. Um, it's sometimes a little bit of a, it can hurt you a little bit too sometimes. <laughs> you have to, you have to be dedicated. You'll have, okay, I'm going to work for an hour yeah. or two hours and then I'll be able to take a break or two breaks. Yeah. You know, you have to, yeah, no shifting from a nine to five to an entrepreneur and be like, I'm back in university. Oh God. Oh God. <laughs> what do because I do? There's no, one, there's no one to like write you up if you're late or like, so anyway, but just being able to do that and being able to become a part and grow my own like local community because I get to I get to go to networking shit when I want. I can go to something at 11 o'clock in the afternoon. I can go at eight in the morning. I can go at seven at night. I can do whatever the fuck I want. And that right there, that's what's paved the way for me being able to serve this person in the way that I have. Or for example, I got to work, normally I work with business owners, right? I'm more of a B2B. I got to work with a professor at AM who wanted to work on their personal brand. That was dope. Like that was so much fun. So just really, it, actually, let me say it this way. The best part for me about being an entrepreneur is shoving that box of everyone's ass. That's the best I part. I love it. Being and able teaching to others to do the same and empowering yeah. other people to do the exact same freaking thing and go, no, this one size fits all is bullshit. Like mm -hmm. you got to find what works for you. And I mean, I don't mean to get too woo woo on you, but what's an alignment for you? Because I am not you and you are not me. But, you know, like I said, if I hadn't, if I hadn't been an entrepreneur, um, I definitely would not have been able to do the nonprofit. I, I thought it was going to take years and years and years for that to even get started. Um, and so I would not have been able to do that. And then I have to tackle on one more answer because I can't play by the rules and just answer. It's fine. This is um, not my show. This is your show. So <laughs> go full, I full. Totally cannot play by the rules. Um, I think probably the, one of the best rewards for me for being an entrepreneur, and this is obviously specific to what I do, right? Um, one, it's helped me continue to discover who I am as a human and who I want to be. And as I'm encouraging other people to really embrace who they are and to be those radi that radically authentic version of themselves, A, watching someone else come into that is one of the coolest fucking blessings that I've ever been able to receive and be a part of. That's so honoring and it's so humbling. Um, but it also, I mean, but it allows me to continue to do the same, right? Like it allows me to constantly put that mirror back on myself and go, stop, time out. You tell everyone that you talk to and everyone that you work with A, B, and C. So why aren't you doing that? And for me to go, huh, good point. And then be able to kind of shift that around. Um, but yeah, that, that's been, I would, I, I would not trade that for anything in the universe. No, I, I, I love, like you brought up when you see someone get the light bulb moment or just get to the next level and they're like so excited. And for you, it's like, yes, it's kind of like, like you said, it's, I, I get it with podcasting. I have a few people that I'm teaching podcasting to 
And when they they see the numbers, the downloads increase because they're following the set plan. It's like, yes. And they're like, oh my God, this is amazing. I got this guest or I got this. I'm like, yeah, I know. I'm 14 years ahead of you, but still, I love it because it's like, it goes back to when I got those those moments when yeah. I had that excitement and I know what it was and it's not like, oh yeah, okay, whatever, let's move on. You know, like at my day job when I was doing that, it was like, okay, yeah, I hit something, whatever. I don't care because it doesn't pertain to me. Here, right. I directly affected someone's life. Well, and I think it goes back too, to the piece that's the most challenging for most entrepreneurs and that's just trusting yourself. It's so freaking hard. And so when you can empower someone to do the same, even if you're the one helping them do this strategy or that strategy, when it's all in alignment for them and they get to see it working, you have just fostered trust in themselves. You have created the path for them to continue to go. Actually, I can do this. And actually, I am the best person to speak about what I speak about or teach what I teach or, you know what I mean? And so that's my whole thing has always been, can we even imagine the kind of world we would live in if we were all operating as the human beings we were created to be? That'd be a great place. Right? I like it. I, I, I love seeing, like, I, I'm actually helping one of my friends <clears throat> get out of her nine to five because she's like done with it and she's like stressed to no end. So I'm like, okay, you, you got, just do this, do this, do this, and slow and steady and we'll work your way up. And she's like, yeah, but I want to do it now. And I'm like, you, you can, can, but it's going to be very, it's a lot more, it's a lot harder if yeah. you, you try and jump right away instead of kind of like build a couple little yep. cement foundation, then build the house there. So yeah, no, it's, it's, it's so freeing. Yeah, it really is. Freedom is amazing. Now you may have kind of touched on it in your previous answer about the, uh, about one, the, your best memory and mm -hmm. uh, your why, but I want to know your advice. I, you, you're sitting down with a new entrepreneur or someone who wants to go into the entrepreneur world, or they're listening to this and they're like, uh, they're on the fence. What is the advice you would give them to get them off the fence or to help them uh, start being an entrepreneur? So to help them start, I'll start with that because it's the same piece of advice I always give. Um, and it's really what anybody expects me to say. I don't know why though. Um, my, my first piece of advice is, understand this polarizing but accurate statement your brand and ps to anyone listening you have one whether you think you do or not it's just a matter of whether or not you're in control of the brand or someone else's but your brand is not about you and that really sets a lot of people on edge and i always clarify that doesn't mean it's not your passion it doesn't mean it's not a part of you what it means though is if you're going to be an entrepreneur and you want to serve which hope hopefully that's your idea right serve over selling, right? Hopefully you're, you're, you're getting into it because you've seen a need, you've experienced the need yourself and you go, I can make this better. Um, so that in of its nature, it's not about you. It's about the people you're trying to serve. And if you start with the, with your, with your ideal, that perfect client as the focus in mind and keep them at the focus, that will just exponentially change your trajectory um, you probably will get met with a lot of resistance on that. But what ultimately I find it ends up happening is for most of us, we do something because we love it. We think we can help and meet a need or fill a need. We do everything the way that we would want to do it. And that's fine. 
but as you get more and more into it and you go, well, this kind of isn't working, even if it's just the wording, the verbiage that you're using in your messaging, but you find out it's not giving you the results that you want nine times out of 10, it's because you're not focused on the right person. You're focused on what you want to do, the way that you want to sell the solution you're providing instead of focusing on the one who's actually going to pay you. Because here's the thing. If you don't have paying clients, you don't have a business, you have a hobby. Albeit it could be an expensive one, but you have a hobby, right? So really it becomes about, you know, these people that I want to serve and I want to connect with, how are they speaking about their problem? What are they looking for? It's like that whole, you give them what they want. I mean, like you pitch them what they want, but you give them what they need. Right. So that's actually one of my biggest things is because, and the reason I say that too, is because what I see, you don't have to do it that way, but I guarantee you, you're going to end up redoing a bunch of stuff down the road. Right. And that costs time and money. Right. My favorite colors are black and hot pink. And I'm going to call this, get your shit together when your client are people that are in their mid forties to whatever, and they need to feel comforted and secure and like they can trust you yeah. and everything you did just completely alienated those people. So now you're not happy and they're not happy because they're not being served by you, the best person to serve them. And then for people who were on the fence, I'd probably actually go back to that statement. Why do you want to start a business? Do you want to start a business because you got nothing else better to do? Do you want to start a business because you think you're going to start a business and make a million dollars in three months? Is it all about the money? Do you want to start a business because you are you have a passion and you want to serve? Because if you're falling into that third one, because that always goes into your why. That's what's going to keep you going when shit gets really hard. And it will get really hard. There are going to be a lot of months where you're tightening that belt very tight to make sure that everything gets taken care of. <clears throat> yeah. I know that. I know that feeling quite well. Um, um, amazing answers, by the way. Oh, thanks. Uh, I, I, I was blown away and I agree with it uh, 100%. And I, I love how you're like, it's passion. As long as you have that passion and your why is clear and it's not just money, 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 it's but it's service. Because I think too many people think, oh, I just... I can just make money. I can make money. I can make money. Cause they see all these gurus, if you will, out there saying, yeah, I can help you make 50 K a month. I can make you 50 K a month, 50 K a month, hundred K a month, this and that. And it's like, no, it's, it's, you have to find out who you're helping first before you can make that. And can they afford 50 K a month? Like it is the yeah. price points as well. Cause for pot, like I, I help podcasters and businesses. So I'm B2B, but B2C as well. I help, individual podcasters grow their podcast and they can't afford my rates that I charge business people. <laughs> we need to talk by the way, but go ahead. Ooh, we'll schedule a call. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's, it's, it's very important that you understand that your why, like, why are you doing this? Like, is it to be money? Then, then it's not going to work. Like it, it's, it's fundamentally flawed because you're chasing the wrong thing. But if it's like, I want to help serve people and get them the money they deserve or the recognition they deserve, then the money will come in buckets. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. And another side piece of advice I would give to anybody um, is if you're ever considering dropping, particularly a high ticket program, dropping a decent amount of money on a coach or somebody who tells you that they can get you a specific dollar amount in a specific number of days, 
fucking run away. Yeah. Unless it's run. a year. Unless they say it's a year. Like in one year, we can help you grow your business. Then well, it's like. That, well, here's the thing though. But notice you said grow your business. If ah, you yes. say, I can help you grow your business in 30 days. Great. If that person aligns with you. But the people that go 20K months in 90 days. Run. <laughs> fucking run. Not because it's impossible. Could it work for you? Sure. Is it guaranteed? No, not even a little bit. You know what I mean? So, I mean, granted, if you now if you've got all the money in the world and you just want to throw money at things, then you know what? Throw money, throw money at me. I'd like <laughs> to money. Um, Contact Stephanie so that Stephanie can help you grow your business right, with all that money. Right? But that um, and that's one of the things that I wish I had known when I very first started was just the importance of really vetting a coach or a program, making sure it's aligned with me, making sure it's not a do it this exact way. I'm going to get you these specific results because that stuff is just not, it's not realistic. And then you just end up feeling like you've done something wrong when it doesn't yeah. work. Yeah, no, it's, it's not fun. Um, we're coming up to near the end. Uh, one of my favorite questions because I'm a voracious uh, book eater is a book that you would advise entrepreneurs, want to be entrepreneurs, people on the fence to read, uh, to help either build their business uh, start their business, anything that you, a book you may have read that you're like, this actually can help people. Okay. First of all, did you call yourself a book eater? Yes. Uh, I have a voracious appetite of free reading books. I freaking love that. Um, <laughs> I'm actually looking back cause I've got a lot of my books that I, that's a fucking hard question to damn you with the hard <laughs> questions and limiting me and shit. Um, not okay. limiting you at all. You're like, I'm, ah, I'm saying books. entrepreneurs. Okay. You can, I'll let you, it's three books. Would you like to say three books and break the rules again? I love, break, I love breaking rules. Uh, actually. Okay. So the first one I'm going to recommend, there is a full disclaimer. It is a religious based book. Um, it is based in Christianity. That does not mean that if you are not a Christian, that you can't get something out of it. Um, but it's called chase the lion. Uh, it's by Mark Batterson. And essentially what it talks about is, and what it really encourages people to do is, it's like if one of the taglines is if your dream doesn't scare you, it's too small. I like that. Yeah, it's it. it it's that's the whole thing of it is based on a biblical story, right? Like that's mm -hmm. and, and the other Christian, because, again, I just want to have full disclosure for people because I don't want anybody reading it and then they get offended when it's to me. Um, it says, you know, the, the other premise is that the dream should be so big and so scary that you can't accomplish it by yourself. Right. Not without, you know, if you want to call it God, divine intervention, whatever else. But that really was a game changer for me um, because it really for a lot of people, I think, that are on the fence. I think it's fear that keeps us there. Right. Um, I, I don't always think it's just, um, you know, I'm just indecisive. You know, you have this dream and there's this fear of can I really do this thing? Um, so that book was absolutely just trajectory changing for me. Um, I also... <laughs> Well, not surprise anybody if you know who this is. There's a book by a man named Gary John Bishop who is Scottish. And here is a bonus point. He narrates his own books on Audible and he's great. He, and he's like the understandable Scottish. He's not, it's so not the uh, the man. Highland Scotland where you're or, like. Uh, that's a different language. Straight <laughs> up. Um, but no, it's called Unfuck Yourself. I like and it. And it's epic. And it, I'm this currently book. reading uh, The Subtle Art uh, of, of Not, not Giving a Fuck. fuck. Yeah. 
So I'll be honest, after reading Unfuck Yourself, that one didn't do quite as much for me. Um, but I liked it. But mm-hmm. Unfuck Yourself, the subtitle is Get Out of Your Head and Into Your Life. And he basically walks you through. Um, it, it is more of a mindset book, like just straight yeah. up. But it's brilliant. It's just it's just brilliant. One of the biggest takeaways I ever got. He talks to us about expectations and how whenever, and this is true, like whenever we're unhappy, unhappiness comes from reality did not meet expectation. And we have all these expectations instead of just dealing with what's in the now, you know, not expecting that friend to call you or this to happen or that happen. Just deal with what's happening right now. Um, and then the other one that I would probably say was truly, truly epic. And it is, it is, um, it's a meaty read. It's, okay. it's, it's a bit cerebral, um, not indistinguish, not, not unlike, like, not like you can't read it if you don't have this massive IQ, but you just need to know that going into it. And that's Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon. Oh, I, I just finished that one. My I need first to start time. it again. I need to start it again. I'm, I'm in the process of rereading it because for me, when I read a book, if it's like a self-help book or it has anything like, oh, you need to do this and this, I'm like, I get bogged down because I want to do it and I don't read it. So I read through the whole book first and then I'm like, okay. Time to go back and do all the activities that the book has. Yeah, no. And so, so then, you know, it's a meteor read. Oh yeah. Um, it's, it's cause it's, it's using like 1930s English that exactly we don't use anymore. Like the words are looking, I'm like, these are like $10 words. Why are we using $10 words in the Which, book? And I, and I love it. Right. Like I love it. It was like, and there, there's a part of me that's like, man, I wish we still talk like that, but I love my slang too. Yeah. Um, the last one that I'll give actually that just popped into my head is there's an uh, author. His name is Marty Newmeyer. Um, he has three books and the reason I recommend these is because these are probably the most brilliantly written in the sense that you can get through them in like an hour, Ooh. maybe two, if you, if you did, like, depending on how fast you read, there's no fluff, but it's straight, just amazing content. And it's all about really like marketing. One's called, um, um, when everyone zigzag, one's called the brand gap. And then there's the brand flip and they're all, I mean, they get, they're, they're really thin, uh, but they're just packed with not just knowledge based on theory, but actionable. Cause that's a big thing for me is I, I love it. If I get all pumped up, that's great. Or give me but something I, to do. Yeah. But if I can't do anything and then I'm actually going to make one more recommendation that you didn't ask me for. Um, I finally uh, bit the bullet and paid for an app. There's a subscription. Um, it's called headway. Okay. So the part of me that's like, like you, that's just this voracious reader feels like I'm cheating a little <laughs> because it's summaries. It's summaries of books and it's summaries of each chapter, but you can highlight and you can also, they have like basically little like specific key takeaways and you can save them. The thing that I love about the app is it actually takes you through a repetition schedule. So the next day you're going to go back through those cards that you saved and then you might do it in two days. And it just the whole point being, we all do that, right? We read this thing. It was great. We loved it. We put it down. And then anywhere from a week to a month, that shit's gone. Mm-hmm. So anyway, that's that's been really great because it's been able to help me read a couple books that I wanted to dig into, but they're not top on my priority list. So I can kind of go, do I really want to dig into this whole book or did I just, oh, this is really good stuff. And then I can. So it's it the appetizer there. to the main course and the book being the main course. Yeah. 
I love it. Or it's a taster menu. Yeah. Um, Stephanie, we are coming, we're not to the end, but we're really close to it. I'm going to jump off the screen. I'm going to give you the last five minutes of this full interview. Let my audience know where they can find you, how they can get in contact if they want to, if they feel aligned with you and your brand. So I'm just going to disappear for a second and it's all yours. You don't have to use the five minutes, but I feel like you, you're someone. I who will not, will. not on this. I will not. I'm going to surprise you. Yeah. Rule breaker. <laughs> Okay. Yep. So again, my name is Stephanie Powell. And uh, the really cool thing about finding me and connecting with me is it's really fucking simple. Um, Everything is more Powell to you, right? Which is Powell's my last name. So it's M-O-R-E-P-O-W-E-L-L-T-O-Y-A. That's my website, morepowelltoyou.com. That's how you find me. That's my Facebook uh, URL. That's my um, LinkedIn URL. My email is Stephanie at morepowelltoyou. And the only thing different with Instagram is it's morepowelltoyou underscore raw. And that's R-A. But that's literally, if you type in morepowelltoyou, you will absolutely 100% find me. Um, And whether you just go, uh, hi, we need to be friends or you have questions about branding and strategy and marketing and messaging and visibility and understanding your ideal client and attraction and conversion, all that really great stuff. Like that's my jam. Um, I'm also a speaker too. So if you have an organization, you know of an organization, um, I have a talk that really goes over my signature brand strategy. Um, It's always, always, always uh, just absolutely kills Um, great free feedback. So if you have an organization or know of one that needs me in their life then by all means let me know um yeah that's it i didn't use five minutes show off um (laughs) (laughs) stephanie it's been a pleasure chatting with you and learning about you i'm already like I'm ready to connect with you on all the socials and that because i know we're gonna just have so much fun together we have that great vibe um to my audience, I want to thank you very much for listening to this amazing interview. Stephanie's links will be all in the show notes down below. So make sure you check her out, connect with her and see if you guys vibe because you never know. Um, again, everybody, remember to invest in yourself because no one else will until you do. Thank you for listening and have a great day.